Hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy and child therapy, coming at both of those things from a child-centered perspective, and... I'm just going to release these these days whenever I feel like it. Keeping to a schedule seems more arbitrary than it used to and releasing them on Mondays, so I will just put these out whenever it strikes me to do so and whenever I get them finished. And yeah, if you like listening to it on Mondays, then just wait and listen to it on Monday. But otherwise, I'll try to put out a little bit more content these days days because if this is something in your life that provides you with literally anything at all of substance, we all need as much nourishment and substance as we can get during these trying times. And if you are choosing to spend your time listening to me, I am honored that that's the case and I will do my best to continue to make this worthy of your time. But without further ado, let's get to the topic of the day, and the topic of the day is reality and the curative and connecting nature of reality. And a couple months back, I did a podcast on lying in children and made mention in that podcast that as adults, we need to be careful or at least aware of the times when we lie and manipulate the truth when we are talking to children, if that is something that we expect them not to do. In that podcast, I named those things from a place of, among other things, wanting to increase empathy for children, wanting to say not have children be demonized or to feel shame about the instances when they when they lie because you know seeing a lot of that as say a learned behavior or at least as adults taking a mirror back to ourselves before we project out all of that moralizing energy towards children but i didn't name too much in that podcast what the value is of connecting children to reality. And to start, I think we can say that that's a big part of what we're doing in child-centered play therapy, or even therapy generally, is that when I'm seeing a child, I'm trying to connect them back to the lived reality of their own experience, to make them aware of their feelings, to make them aware of their body, to help sink them into the things that they're playing out, which have come from their psyche, which are unique to them, and to get them to own their own unique lived experience, to not be avoiding or missing any parts of that experience, to help them have a flow inside of themselves and they're able to move through it and then when they're in a moment hopefully they can be more present in that moment more connected to reality and less disconnected from reality because of all the emotional baggage and whatnot that they have stored up inside of them so the goal of all therapy to some degree is to connect children back to reality And there are parts of being connected back to reality, of not just yourself, but of other people as well, that are important. It seems that for many of us, it is easy, and I can be guilty of this, and most people I know are guilty of this at times, to assume that the experience of another person is simpler or less complicated than my own experience. 
And we do that, say, when we judge someone, right, for doing something that we don't like or we feel like they don't have the right perspective. We could think that someone's not seeing things correctly. We could believe that someone is, uh, you know, just more simple and not giving, say, the correct amount of respect and witnessing to the uniqueness of each person and to the, the psyche and soul inside of each person. An example of this, and I'm a little ashamed to talk about it, just because I'm, for some reason, ashamed of my love of sports, but uh, I was listening to an interview with a player in football. His name is Adam Pac-Man Jones, and he is someone who I've seen in football games make a lot of, like, dirty hits on people, and he's someone I didn't like very much because of that, and I felt like he was intentionally trying to hurt people, and he was a dirty player, and when I saw him, there was this interview of him on a podcast I listened to, I decided, ah, you know what, I'll listen to him talk, because I realized that I had actually built up a lot of negativity around this individual who I had never actually heard speak before in my life, and when I did listen to him speak on this podcast, came to find out that he had witnessed the murder of his father right in front of him, right in front of him growing up. He had the experience of a child of his father being murdered right before his eyes. And the first thought that I had when he was saying that on the podcast was like, shoot, of course he did. And by of course he did, I don't mean that, say, every violent behavior that we can think of in the world or every time when another person is lacking empathy, that that doesn't mean that they have an excuse for that. But there is often a reason behind that, that people aren't just violent because they would like to be violent or just evil because they would like to be evil, at least not well, I don't know if any of those things are true or not, but all of that to say that when I was listening to this person talk, I could feel myself expanding and feel myself having more empathy. And the reason that I was expanding and the reason that I was having more empathy was because I was more connected to the reality of this individual and that through being connected to the reality of, of Adam Jones, I was able to understand a little bit what this person was bringing into those experiences. He was able to talk about how difficult and painful it was to have his father die of having all of that anger live inside of him all the time. And when he was in this violent setting and some of that anger was able to come out, it just kept coming in this way that maybe it didn't for some other people. And we can still say that the things he did weren't okay, but I could feel love for him at this point, or at least empathy for him based on being more connected to reality, and that's true also for children. And I say that it's true for children because I think when we get the chance, and this might apply less to play therapists than it does to, say, parents or other people, though I address this topic with play therapists a little bit in the podcast titled uh, Self-Disclosure, but while we never want to say burden a child with adult problems or adult responsibilities, we wouldn't want to present children. And this, these things happen and, and literally everything can be repaired. But we ideally don't want to be like really disorganized when we present something to a child and say in our interaction with them, be hoping that they can give us something on an emotional level, that that kind of dynamic doesn't usually work out too well in the short term or the, or the long term for children. But letting a child know if you're angry that you're angry, 
and why you're angry is helpful for them. Letting them know if you're sad and why you're sad is helpful for them, or if you're scared and why you're scared. And giving them that extra layer of you lets them into the lived reality of you as an adult and allows the child the space to recognize that emotions are real inside of you and that you struggle with them, that there are reasons why you're struggling with the emotions that you're struggling with, that you are finding ways to move through and work through those struggles that you're having. And we don't have to say those things in a manipulative way, right? I mean, I think if we're trying to say to a child like, I'm really scared, so you need to stop what you're doing. Like, that's, that doesn't provide space for, for more empathy. I'm not really talking about using these things, say, with limit setting or that kind of a thing. That would probably be another podcast to do. But I do believe in the curative nature of reality and that reality is connective and that realizing that everyone else in the world is just as complicated and is just as beautiful, and it's just as interesting, and that everyone else has processes just like you do. It's helpful for building empathy. It's helpful for building connections with people. It's helpful with being more vulnerable yourself when you recognize that other people struggle, and that's okay, and then, well, it's okay if I struggle too, and then it's okay for me to receive support from somebody else when I'm struggling. That being connected to the reality of the people around you and being connected to your own reality is healing just by itself. I was reading a book. Gosh, it's a good book, and I probably should have read it sooner. Um, Dan Siegel's Parenting from the Inside Out. And inside of that book, he talks a lot about attachment. And when talking about attachment, they were trying to figure out, like, okay, how do we use uh, research to determine, like, what someone's, uh, what's, like, what's the greatest predictor for someone having a healthy and secure attachment style. And it turns out that the biggest predictor of someone's health when they are attaching with others and their ability to attach securely to others is whether or not they have a coherent narrative of their own childhood and their own relationship to their parents and a coherent narrative about how their parents affected them when they were a child. That without that, without that story inside of us that we can tell ourselves so that we can understand the reality of our own experience better, that we are subjected to potentially not being able to have secure relationships to others, either approaching them from an anxious place or an avoidant place or being disorganized inside of our attachment, that the way towards being able to connect healthily to others is to be connected to our own reality. And so when we're when we're working with a child or when we're with a child in general, being able to connect them to their own reality first is super important. That is the bedrock of being able to connect to others. That without that self-understanding, it is very difficult for us to have any empathy for anybody else. That if we have simplified ourselves, then by extension, we are simplifying everybody else too. That it's maybe not as easy just to say that like, oh, if you just let your child or anyone know that this is your own process with things, that they'll accept that, when it's a difficult thing to accept if you don't experience that level of complication or that level of processing or that level of emotion inside of yourself. And so while doing that self-work first, by, say, for children, like uh, being a mirror for their experience back to them 
helps them sink into their own reality. And then also having those times where we let children into what our reality is. And even if we're not talking about children, whether it's our partners, whether it's anyone, it takes a level of self-awareness and tapping into something that's hard for me to even put into words to recognize the complexity of everyone around you. I mean, the thing that drives me up a wall more than anything else is when we find ways to disconnect children from reality. When we tell them something that's not true to try to make them feel better. I, I even like, uh, we'll see what happens when I actually have kids. But like, I, I hate the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus and all that kind of stuff. It just drives me crazy. Because if we're going to disconnect children from reality, and reality is curative, and the children that I have worked with in sessions who are the healthiest are the ones who are the most connected to reality, hands down. But if we're going to disconnect children from reality, we better have a really freaking good reason to be doing that. Because reality on some level is all we have, and being disconnected from it leads to internal chaos and disorders and distress of all kinds. And a lot of that distress and confusion can be avoided simply through having a connection to reality, regardless of how painful that reality is. And that's all I've got for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell a friend. It helps the show get more reach in the world. I've got a book that I wrote with Jillian Kelly, illustrated by Xandra Stefani. It is a currently a PDF file that can be sent to whoever would like it for free that deals with death and grief around COVID-19. It is called I Didn't Get to Say Goodbye. And contact me at barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com if you would like to have a copy of that. Check out more of my content at barnettchildtherapy.com if you'd like to. And yeah, I'll catch you all next time. Thank you.